We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. What's up, y'all? It's Drewski, and I've teamed up with Mountain Dew to produce a hilarious new basketball podcast called The Dew Zone with Drewski. Learn the backstories of your favorite ballers and celebrities like Jamal Murray. Did you have, like, a favorite team? Was it the Raptors at the time or no? Was the Raptors even started around that time? Come on, bro. I ain't that old, fam. <laughs> You're talking like I'm 50. Taylor Rooks, Asia Wilson, and many more. You won't want to miss this. Listen to The Do Zone with Drewski on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you listen to podcasts. Game edition. I'm your host, Justin, as Oklahoma City falls to the New York Knicks 119 97. I want to let you know that we are proudly part of the Blue Wire Podcast Network and the official podcast of BoomtownHoops.com. If you don't already, be sure to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts and leave us a five star rating. You can also find us on Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, Facebook. Uh, we had another awesome locker room postgame show after this little afternoon delight 1 p.m. tip between the Thunder and Knicks. I want to patch you over to that audio in just a second, but I want to say bef- before I do, if you don't already, go download the locker room app. It's been really fun getting to interact with you guys. Lots of great questions today. Uh, I love getting getting to answer those, bringing people up on stage, and really having, having a good time breaking down these Thunder games. So go download that locker room app. We'd love to see you after an upcoming Thunder game. But for now, let's get you over to that show right now. First things first, welcome. Thank you for joining. This is the uncontested post-game show following the Thunder and the Knicks, where the Knicks beat OKC 119-97, to a little afternoon delight in Oklahoma City, a game where Oklahoma City was without Shea Gilgis-Alexander because of an injury, maybe, maybe not. Who knows? Uh, Conservative timeline, maybe, probably. Whatever you want to call this, uh, the Thunder played a lot of youth. There was a lot of young guys out in this game. The Thunder, mm, we're not not fielding their best team. Um, I hate to break it to you if you think otherwise, but I think the Thunder were all in on the developmental train. 
And I think that matches uh, what we've seen the two games since the All-Star break. I know if you if you listen to Jacob's post-game show after the Mavericks game, it feels like the Thunder philosophy has shifted a bit. Um, we talked a lot about on recent shows whether or not, you know, what what the team does, what the moves are for the Thunder, kind of that will dictate what we think this direction is. You know, what direction the Thunder are going, we're going to know a lot about. And in the last 48 hours, I think we've learned a lot about where the Thunder stand. They trade Hamadou Diallo. That one really hit home for me today when, uh, you know, when he would typically check in off the bench, we got Ty Jerome instead. That one made that trade feel real. Hamadou is now in Detroit. You pair that with uh, Alexei Pokushevsky has now started two games in a row since the All-Star break. Uh, just looking at the minutes breakdown tonight, I mean, Ty Jerome, 28 minutes, Moses Brown, 27 minutes. You tell me this team's trying to make the playoffs. I don't think that's the case. <laughs> uh, they beat the Knicks earlier this year up in New York. This time around, though, the Knicks uh, are too much for this young, 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 young Thunder Squad to handle. We're going to start this thing right out of the gate. Our boy Sam, he wants to come on stage. So we're going to do that. Sam, let me get you up here. Sam Winchester is now on the stage. How's it going, Sam? Good. How are you, man? I'm good. What did you think about this game today? What were what were some of your thoughts? So one thing that really stuck out to me <clears throat> was Ty Jerome. I really yeah. love the minutes that he's bringing out. I, he just looks so comfortable out there. I don't know. He does. Is it just I, me or am I just... No, I think you're dead on. I think you're dead on. You know, for a guy who's only played a handful of games at the NBA level, he spent some good good time in the G League. I feel like playing in the bubble, you know, was really beneficial for him and Pokashevsky and Moses Brown, those guys. But every minute that Jerome has played in the NBA, he's looked really comfortable. He doesn't look like a guy who's getting his first NBA minutes. Now, we've mentioned this before, and that could change over time, you know, as teams get more of a robust scouting report on Ty Jerome. I don't think Ty Jerome's getting the focus of anybody's scouting report right now. But even still, I mean, some of the pocket passes he was making tonight or this afternoon, I guess, were, were really impressive. He, he's got some good vision. And I think that I don't want to say this is the, obviously the only reason the Thunder traded Hamadou Diallo, but I think it had something to do with it. I think that you look at a guy like Ty Jerome, you look at some of the depth the Thunder have at that position, even including like a, a Lou Dort. And it makes Hamadou Diallo look a little bit um, redundant. And I think that on top of a lot of the things Jacob hit on uh, on his podcast of, you know, the, the contract situation, uh, lowering the floor of this team, all of those factors, of course. But I think, I think Ty Jerome had something to do with that. So I, I think you're dead on, Sam. Yeah, for sure. Another guy that I wanted to talk about real quick is Poku. He did okay today. Yeah. He didn't really do much, but I just, I don't know. His passing just strikes me every time. It, just the simplest. <laughs> it could just be the smallest pass. Yes. But it's just the way he does it. There's just something about him. The kid he has, just, the kid has yeah. confidence. He <laughs> loves to have the ball in his hand, which is yes, something does. we're not used to, especially with a rookie like Ferguson that we had before. He he didn't want to he didn't want to hold the ball. He, he was Ferguson scared. looked allergic to the basketball sometimes. Yeah, Poku is like <laughs> screaming. He hasn't really done it much recently since getting back with the team. But I remember beforehand he would be freaking out, raising his hands, trying to get the ball the second he passed it. 
Right. He wants that ball. <laughs> yeah, he does. Yeah, he does. And he's flashy, man. Uh, Alex Joy in the chat says, Poku behind the back. Can he make these flashes last? I think, I think you hit the nail on the head, Sam. It's his confidence. Those flashes are going to last because he's not going to stop throwing them. And I think that, you know, it's even simple moments. He, he got a rebound and started, you know, took a couple steps up the floor, almost bumped into his own teammate and just threw it behind the back like it was nothing. Um, I'm not saying that, you know, he's going to be Magic Johnson, but I'm saying he, he's got some decent um, awareness when he's handling the ball that you don't usually see from guys that size. Now, that said, the confidence also looks quite irrational at times. Um, I think that his confidence um, when he just kind of, throws an errant alley-oop that goes to nobody and just flies off the backboard and comes careening back out to the free throw line. That's the flip side of his confidence, but hopefully he can, he can refine that with experience because even tonight, the, the, the first basket of the game for the thunder, he throws this high arcing pass as he's falling out of bounds over the backboard to Lou Dort, which opened up the scoring for the game. He's got some vision. (laughs) That pass. When I saw that pass first, I was I, I didn't know that, that was a pass. First of all, <laughs> right. I did it kind of looked like happening. he was just saving it, but then it went right to Lou Dort, who was wide open oh on God, the three point yeah. line and and cut into the basket. So he definitely shows flashes. Uh, two of eleven from the floor tonight. I think that continues to be the biggest knock for Poku is his shooting is is not great to poor. And you look at, you know, the starting unit overall was not great shooting compared to the, the bench felt like they were doing a good, a good job of, of filling some of that scoring void for OKC. Poku, two of 11, and Lou Dort, two of nine, definitely stand out on the score sheet tonight for OKC. Any other 100%. thoughts stand out to you, Sam? Um, I would like to talk about Hami real quick. I will say... I am, looking, I am looking forward to April 5th. He returns to OKC as a Piston. Uh-huh. That'll be a fun game. He should be ready to play on the team if they have to do COVID tests or right. whatnot. But yeah. by April 5th, we should be able to see Tommy in a Pistons uniform. Oh, it's going to be weird. <laughs> It is going to be weird. And that's the thing. That's the thing that hit me is like, eh, is Hami a centerpiece of this team? No. Is Hami, is Hami going to carry this team forward or was Hami going to carry this team forward? No, but it, it feels like the true end of the Russell Westbrook era. He was the last player that played with Russ. He was the longest tenured Thunder player at 22 years old. And so it definitely feels like th- that trade kind of struck me as it's the turning of the page that this is the beginning of truly the beginning of thunder 2.0 thunder U 2.0, however you want to position it, the thunder are moving into a new era and Hami in Detroit is, is the step that, you know, it, it, it got me in my feels a little bit if I'm being honest. Yeah, I'm excited for it. I really am. I think today's game was super fun. Like it was super competitive throughout the Knicks. Yeah. I will, I will give Tibbs a lot of credit. I love how that Knicks team plays. They play super hard and they adjusted I, really well in the second half. Definitely. Definitely. Yep. I, I was, I even tweeted out, I was kind of calling them out a little bit saying like, how could they barely beat this OKC team without our best player Shea? And <laughs> right, right. then they come out and wallop us in the second half. <laughs> yeah. Something that, that I shared on the uncontested Twitter account during the game is, you know, that first half, Oklahoma City was playing an incredibly young lineup. And I feel like they played, I mean, probably at the peak of their ability, almost a near flawless game in that first half. And they went into the half down by two. And I just had this feeling like, you know, they're probably not going to be able to replicate that level of play in the second half. And sure enough, the second half uh, was definitely not as close. The Thunder end up 
losing by 19, 18. I don't know. I'm not good at math. 18. Let's go with 18. Um, so a 16-point deficit in the second half. And that felt more like, you know, the Thunder kind of coming back down to earth a little bit. And that's that's kind of where the Thunder are at with this rebuilding roster is they have talented guys. They're fun to watch. The basketball IQ is off the charts. And when they're p- firing on all cylinders, they can hang with a team. But it's really hard to play at that level for an entire game, even for the best players. And when your talent level is not on the same level as other teams, you're going to see kind of like what we saw tonight or this afternoon from the Thunder against the Knicks. Most definitely. I also wanted to mention um, Andrew Schlecht on Twitter. I'm a huge fan of him. I love his comments that he makes about the Thunder. Uh And he, um, he tweeted out something. It was like how Mark Degnall is just so calm over there on the sidelines. Right. For a team that's just kind of winging it and doing whatever they can, throwing in players whenever they can. He's pretty calm out there. I, I mean, I like yeah. what I've seen from Mark for sure. Yeah, I think his comments the other day, you know, he was asked pretty point blank by Barry Trammell of, are you guys winning too much? And his answer, I think, was pretty revealing in terms of his mindset, the organization's mindset. He said, you know, when I was brought into this job, it was about setting a culture. And I think that his demeanor on the sideline is a part of that culture. They are trying to do things the right way. They're trying to play the right brand of basketball. They're trying to develop a system. And that's what you see so that it's not about, you know, whether the ball goes through the hoop or not. It's not about whether the Thunder win a game or not. It's bigger than that. The Thunder are focused on the bigger picture. And I think Dagnault is, a, is definitely the embodiment of that with his, with his sideline demeanor. I think that's a great point. Well, Sam, thank you for jumping up here. I, I really appreciate it. Uh, if you would like to jump on stage just like Sam did, uh, hit that request to speak button. If you have a question that you'd like to get in here that you uh, wouldn't prefer not to say out loud, then drop it in the chat. I'm going to go to some of those right now. Before I do that, I want to tell you about tonight's sponsor, Brooklinen. Do you ever stop to think about how much time you spend sleeping? If you're getting your eight hours in every night, that adds up to a third of your life. And if you're like me, between working from home, binge watching Clone Wars, and just generally being pretty lazy, then it's probably a lot more. That's a lot of time spent on your sheets. Maybe it's time to give them an upgrade. So let me tell you about Brooklinen. Brooklinen was started by Rich and Vicky, who tried to find beautiful home essentials that didn't cost an arm and a leg. I've been there. It's not easy. And when they couldn't find them, they founded Brooklinen as the first direct-to-consumer bedding company. They work directly with manufacturers to make luxury available directly to you without the luxury-level markups. Brooklinen has a variety of sheets, colors, patterns, and materials to fit your needs and tastes. Brooklinen has over 50,000 five-star reviews and counting. They are so confident you will love their products. They also offer a 365-day money-back guarantee. And Brooklinen is so much more than sheets. They've got comforters, pillows, towels, even loungewear, and more. I got to try some of these Brooklinen sheets, and let me tell you, it is like sliding into a tub of butter. And I mean that in the best way possible. They are silky smooth. They're so comfortable. I had a hard time getting out of bed before. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. 
Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. But now it's game over. So I want to help you get to try them too. Go to brooklinen.com and use promo code UNCONTESTED to get $25 off when you spend $100 or more plus free shipping. That's B-R-O-O-K-L-I-N-E-N.com. Enter promo code UNCONTESTED to get $25 off when you spend $100 or more plus free shipping. Brooklinen.com. Use promo code UNCONTESTED at checkout. The economy is made up of real people doing real stuff, and it affects everything. Which you obviously know since you're a real person doing real stuff. Marketplace is here to help you get smart about everything beyond the what of the day's business and economic news. We dig into the how and the why with the real people driving our economy. From big tech and interest rates to small businesses and what's happening at the Fed, Marketplace breaks it all down so you don't have to. Listen to Marketplace wherever you get your podcast. Like any good team, hiring the right employees for your front office is just as important as recruiting the best players for the game. That's why you need Indeed. Indeed is the job site that makes hiring as easy as one, two, three. Post, screen, and interview all on Indeed. Get your quality shortlist of candidates whose resumes on Indeed match your job description faster. Only pay for the candidates that meet must-have qualifications and schedule and complete video interviews in your Indeed dashboard. According to Talent Nest, Indeed delivers four times more hires than all other job sites combined. Get started right now with a free $75 sponsored job credit to upgrade your job post at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Get a $75 credit at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Offer valid through June 30th. Terms and conditions apply. First, our boy Kamiar, our own Kamiar Marabian in the chat. Talk about better Zion getting a 26, 12, and 12. Um, Kamiar famously has branded Zion Williamson as Fat Julius Randall. Um, so uh, better, better Zion being um, skinny Zion. I don't know. Julius Randall, great game tonight from him. 26, 12, and 12, triple-double. I felt like Julius Randall... You know, I mean, he's been so integral to the Knicks' success this season. He he played a great game tonight. I feel like Randall, R.J. Barrett, and Emmanuel quickly. I mean, those those three guys are super talented. The the young guys that the Knicks have to complement Randall are really strong, and I feel like those three really carried the team today. And I I think the Knicks' ceiling really goes wherever those guys go. Uh, Barrett, thirty two points on twelve of 20, 21 from shooting. I think I saw that's his career high. 
And then 21 points from quickly, 9 of 16 shooting. I mean, it felt like they were just kind of taking turns going at the Thunder in the second half. And between that and the increased defensive pressure in the second half, that's really what made the difference for the Knicks today. Uh, it was a two-point game, like I mentioned, at halftime. But really going into that second half, they, they tightened some things up uh, quickly. And Barrett and Randall were more aggressive in the second half. And that allowed them to, to stretch the lead and ultimately get the dub. Also in the chat, our boy Jacob Niffin. OKC ran extended minutes with three guys on the floor who were straight out of the G League. Tank meter is filling up. Uh, yeah, the one of our followers on Twitter branded them the Bubble Buddies, which I am fully on board with that nickname. Uh, you had Jerome, you had Moses Brown, you had Poku playing a lot of ball together today. And I mean, I guess technically Lou Dort, does he count as a G League G League boy? Uh, I mean, it's it's been a year. But Nick, uh, our own Nick tweeted a stat last night that kind of blew my mind. Before today, Lou Dort had only played 72 NBA games. That's kind of mind blowing. Like I, I know, I know it's his second season. I know he didn't play most of last season in the NBA. But when you actually put it in a numerical like statistic like that, seventy-two games for Lou Dort, he's playing at a level that you don't see most people playing at in in technically, you know, their first game of of or their first season of NBA action. Seventy-two games to be playing at the level of Lou Dort is incredibly impressive. But back to the other guys, uh, Moses Brown. We talked about Ty Jerome a little bit earlier. Moses Brown, man, he, golly, he's got some flashes. When when he can be aggressive inside and use that big body to his advantage, it's he's got some flashes. I, do I think he's like the center of the future for Oklahoma City? Absolutely not. But this is kind of one of those things like when you're developing a team, um, when you're when you're trying to build for the future, you're going to have guys like this that kind of come through the system and it'll be interesting to see what more he can provide similar to Ty Jerome. You know, I don't think Moses Brown has a super deep scouting report by other NBA teams right now, but I think as that develops, it'll be interesting to see how, how his production looks, but just from like a physical tools standpoint, if he can continue to be aggressive, he's going to continue to have some impressive stretches. Uh, I, I really like what we've seen from Moses Brown and then Poku. We touched on him earlier, but to go a little bit deeper, um, Poku, I, I tweeted at the very beginning of the game that I am excited for the Poku experience. And that that's just what it is. Um, he's so raw and he's so young, the youngest player in the NBA, that you are going to get a lot of ups and a lot of downs. And, and we see that in every game from Poku. He has some really nice moments, some really exciting moments, some really flashy moments. Uh, the kid, his confidence is off the charts. Uh, sometimes that might need to be a little bit more refined. But I think, again, you see flashes from him. He had some nice blocks tonight. He had some nice passes. Again, it's the shooting. The biggest thing is the shooting with him. If he can continue to develop that and work on his shooting and build that out as a skill for himself, uh, I think he'll be really interesting to watch his development as Oklahoma City moves forward. I also think, you know, we joked, I think it was last week's group pod, that if you want to lose more games, if your goal is to get a top draft pick, playing Poku a ton of minutes is probably a great way to get there. Not because he's garbage. I mean, it's not a shot at Poku. It's just everything I just said. He's so inconsistent. He's so young. You're going to lose more basketball games if you play him more. And two games now after the All-Star break, he has started. And tonight or this afternoon playing 30 minutes, I think, again, you're starting to see a little bit of where Oklahoma City's mindset is. Um, in that same vein, I feel like I want to talk about Mike Muscala. 
Muskie now three straight DNP coaches decisions. Uh, the two after the all-star break, most interesting to me is Muskie due for a trade. Is this the kind of thing where, where they're holding him out because they're trying to line up deals and they don't want to get him hurt? Or is it purely a coincidence, not a coincidence, but you know, just, just trying to evaluate other guys like Moses Brown. Is he just fallen off the minutes distribution because they want to evaluate that youth and he'll, you know, get worked into a rotation later, or are they truly being conservative and holding him out because they have had a deal lined up? It's hard to necessarily make that call after just three games. I think if this continues, you can definitely, definitely start to ask that question. Kristen Schweibert in the chat has a great question. Is Shea going to be on the injured list for a lot of the rest of the season? I mentioned that at the, the top of the show. Shea held out because of an injury. It's happened a few times this season where, you know, he's on the sideline. He's moving around. He doesn't look injured. He's, it's not something that's very visibly wrong with him. It's not a big injury. I feel like if this is a normal season, if this is a normal Thunder team trying to actually win games, Shea plays today. And I think we've seen that a couple times this season. I think they're being conservative. I don't think they're, I don't think they're in a place where they're making up injuries. I don't think anybody's like telling people to go lie about this stuff. But I think that it's like if Shea has a hangnail, they're going to hold him out with a, with a finger injury or something like that. Like, I think they're, I think they're being very, very conservative with Shea. And I think that again, that, that starts to tip some of their mindset in terms of what the Thunder are thinking for the rest of the season. Going to bring another guest up on stage, Sean Coleman. Welcome. How's it going, Sean? Justin, doing all right, man. I've listened in a few times. It's, it's a pleasure, but I'm glad to see the, uh, um, glad to see you up here. Of course, you know tomorrow it's a turnaround for the Thunder against yeah. against the Grizzlies, and mm-hmm. so uh, just uh, wanted to to get your thoughts on that. Um, you know, I, I agree with you um, in that it, it's a unique place to be. Like the Grizzlies in the eighteen nineteen season, you you know with with um, Jaron Jackson Jr. You don't yeah. want to tank. You don't want to right. promote it. But if it organically come, if it organically comes your way by getting some data accumulated on your young players, you're also not going to stand in the way of it happening either. So it's a unique position to be in, but because just like the Grizzlies and the Thunder, who probably were two of the more surprising teams in the NBA, you kind of entered this season with no bad outcomes. If you have a repeat of last season, great. But if you wind up, you know, if it winds up stinking a little bit, you know, as far as the season goes, it ain't bad either to line up in the lottery in a very, very, Yes, absolutely. And I think that, you know, I think there's a bit of a, a, a misconception. We've addressed this before on our podcast of there's a misconception around tanking. Um, I think it, it comes with the word. I think, it, you know, the the positive outcome to try and improve your draft stock is to lose games. Now, what that doesn't mean is Mark Dagnall's not giving his pregame speech in the locker room saying like, all right, let's have, a, you know, 15 turnovers tonight and let's make sure that we shoot a bunch from four feet behind the arc to make sure that we miss a lot like that. That's not what is happening. What's happening is, is building a roster that is when they're playing at their best, not going to win as many games as if it were a better constructed roster. And that's what we saw today from the Thunder. The players that were out there, they all played pretty good. It was, was it the best game in the world? No, but they played really well. And they still lost to the Knicks by by over 20 points. That tells you that that is the direction of the franchise of what they're trying to 
do with this season. And I think that that that's where the the challenge comes in. The rub comes in a little bit of you know we're we're not looking at a team that is throwing games. It's not a it's not a Pete Rose situation here. It's rather you know getting a bunch of youth, evaluating a bunch of potential future prospects and not being as concerned with the wins and losses in terms of, you know, you're not trying to go out there and winning and dying or living and dying by every win or loss. It's more about looking at that youth exactly like you just said, Sean. So as far as Memphis tomorrow, I think it's, it is interesting. You know, Memphis has done a great job of acquiring youth and future prospects and beginning to build that Memphis Grizzlies team of the future. I think what's really fun for me just as a basketball fan in general is if the Thunder and the Grizzlies continue on this developmental timeline, you know, we could get a little bit of a, a Memphis Thunder Renaissance rivalry going like we had back in the the Kevin Durant, Zach Randolph days that, that could be really fun with SGA and John Morant and whoever else, whatever other young prospects get in there. It, this could be a really fun rivalry for years to come. Hopefully, Poku will not be throwing any elbows at Brandon Clark, all off <laughs> Stephen Adams and Zach Randolph. Though. So hopefully that will yes. not occur. I, yeah. I agree with you. But I did want to ask, you know, because tomorrow it is pretty interesting. I, I do think, so I have, 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 have been on record of saying, you know, I, I host the Locked on Grizzlies podcast. I've been on record of saying that I really would love, I would love if Memphis were not to make the playoffs this year, because that would mean we would yeah. get a really good pick. And but this team wants to make it, and and like we just said, you don't want to get in the way of doing that. But tomorrow, yeah. Oklahoma still remains the closest team to us for that final playing in position. Right. So if we win, maybe it's a benefit to both. But I'll get to my question real quickly. I think that when it comes to the Thunder, this draft is so significant in terms of what could it mean hmm. based off what happens. And and I don't mean that if the Thunder for some reason don't get bad odds or things like that. I'm not saying that the rebuild is significantly halted. You've got sure. 35 picks. Right, right, right. But say, for instance, you wind up getting a wing and a guard through, I believe, your you know two picks that will probably uh-huh. at least be in the top 15. Yep. Could that mean that y'all, if the draft goes really well, could that mean y'all might get a bit more aggressive this offseason hmm. and not just through the draft, yeah. but also – Maybe being a surprise bidder on a John yeah. Collins or a Lamelo Ball, or making yeah. an aggressive trade, could that could that this draft make things more active outside the draft this offseason than many people may think? If y'all do really good in the draft, in terms sure, of- that's a great question, and that's something that you know we've we've de- debated both on podcasts and just you know in our group chat. I think that there there is a scenario where this rebuild happens quick. It may not be a, you know, Sixers process type rebuild just because of the amount of future capital that the Thunder have paired with, I think SGA continues to show flashes that he's better than anybody necessarily thought he would be at this point. I think he's continually looking like his ceiling could be a little bit higher than we thought it was. And if that's the case, then the question becomes how many other complementary pieces do the Thunder need? to be a contender is it just you know one more superstar is it is it a, a star and a couple role players i think figuring out what that right construction is to make this thunder team compete that gets interesting because you could use some of those future draft picks to either you know move up in the draft uh, which i think is a real possibility for the thunder this year not to just take the pick as it falls in the lottery but to package a couple picks and try to move up but also using those picks like you mentioned to acquire another young player I think the one caveat I would have 
when it comes to the Thunder and the the potential trade market, Presti really, really, really favors youth. He is typically, I think, because he's in a small market, it makes sense to really lean on those guys that are on rookie deals. So what I don't think you'll see is, you know, the the Thunder pipe dream as it's been for probably half a decade now of OKC goes out and trades for Bradley Beal. That's probably not a realistic scenario. Uh, that's Well, that one's not a realistic scenario for a number of reasons. But I, I think what you'll see is if the Thunder do go try to add another young player that's currently in the league, they're going to look for somebody who's still on a rookie deal that they feel like they could extend to really make sure they're locking up a young core that's going to be able to play together for five, six, seven years and not, you know, a two-year stint and, you know, hope that you're good enough to compete for a championship. Very, it'll be very, yeah, it'll be very interesting to see. Best of luck to y'all. Hey, I hope that Poku gets going. And hey, if we can sit here and get a little bit of a Tornado Alley Bible Belt yes. robbery going in, the NBA will be better for it. Yeah, <laughs> pleasure talking with you guys. Awesome. Thanks for coming up, Sean. Good stuff. All right, we have another question in the chat from Alex Joy. Are players like Roby, Moses, etc., future trade chips, or do they have a long-term future on this team? Because they show moments that they can last in the league. Another good question. I think that they could be either, and I think a lot of it will, will depend on you know how it plays out the rest of the season. Uh, Roby's looked really solid. We can effectively treat him like a rookie because of injuries that he faced last year. And for a rookie, uh, basically a rookie, he's played really well, and I think he's shown potential. Uh, same thing with Moses Brown, albeit a much, much smaller sample size. Um, I think you'd have to be able to see that kind of production over over a long period of time to feel like, okay, this is a guy that I want to build around if I'm Sam Presti. I think most likely, just given the nature of turnover in the NBA, there are not many guys that spend more than five years on a team. So I think that if you're thinking like long-term, you can probably make your list pretty short for the Thunder. Uh, it's probably SGA. It's probably Lou Dort. Um, Teo Maladon starts to feel like he's flirting in that conversation. Uh, Poku's a wild card outside of that. It gets a little, a little hairy, um, just because it's not a knock on the, on any of the thunder players. It's not anything specific to the thunder rebuilding. It's just guys don't typically stick around that long. It, it is an anomaly, uh, when, when they do play for a team for that long. So I think most likely, you know, enjoy these fun moments with Roby and Moses Brown as you get them right now. I think most likely the next time this Thunder team's in a championship conversation, those two guys are probably not a part of this team. Good question, though. Like I said earlier, if you have a question, drop it in the chat. I'll answer it. If you want to come up and speak on stage, hit that speaker request button. We'll get you up here. Uh, one lineup that that I literally wrote down a note about, the lineup the Thunder played to finish I don't think they actually finished the first quarter, but they played it for a good chunk, kind of mid-first quarter to the end of the first quarter. Maladone, Ty Jerome, Kenny Hustle, Poku, and Moses Brown. That is an unfathomable lineup. Like that lineup could be a G League lineup. That that lineup could be playing in the G League playoffs right now. Um, so young, so young, and so raw. And they did well. And I think that's what is continually fascinating and captivating about this team. Um, you know, we're used to Thunder teams that are star laden, and they come out and they'd get punched in the face by a team that had no business competing with them. And now the tables are turned and the young plucky thunder are the ones that are doing the face punching. And it's kind of refreshing. I mean, like the New York Knicks have no business getting run on by Maladone, Ty Jerome, 
Poku, Kenny Hustle, Moses Brown. No disrespect to those guys, but they have no business hanging with the Knicks, uh, one of the best defenses in the NBA, but that's exactly what they're able to do. Going to bring a fellow co-host of the show, Jacob Niffin, up on stage. How you doing, Jacob? What's up, Justin? Howdy. Sorry, my audio quality is going to suck because I'm in the car. All good. I appreciate the multitasking. Please don't get in a wreck. Oh, no, I'm not driving, so I'm good. Just the, quali- <laughs> gotcha. the quality sucks. Okay, um, gotcha. So I'm, I'm sure we're going to talk about this on Sunday night as well. Um, but how much are you reading into two did-not-play coaches' decisions for Mike Muscala now? Yeah, so I don't think you were in the room. I discussed this, uh, but I'm. I think we're on the same page here of like, it's fishy to say the least. Uh, Wink Winston in the chat saying Mike definitely getting traded soon. So we know what side of that discussion Wink is on. I think it's fascinating. It, it's hard to make a, a hard and fast evaluation just based off two games. If this continues, it's going to be hard to ignore that. And I think that we've talked a lot about who the most tradable guy on this Thunder team is. And I think, I think Muskie's got, would have some value on the trade market. So it would not surprise me if we get that, that Woj uh, tweet alert in the coming weeks, days, something like that, that says Mike Miscall has been traded to blank. Yeah, no, I, I totally agree. And I mean, the, the fact that he's on a minimum contract makes it tradable. Mm-hmm. The fact that he's more of a vet makes him more tradable. The fact that his defense has improved makes him more tradable. Yeah. They, Mark Dagnalt said after the Dallas game about his DNP that, quote, we wanted to give the young guys yeah. some chances to play, and that means some other guys don't play. Let me tell you something. Giving young guys chances to play is code for we want to get young guys who aren't going to win games experience. Yeah, yeah. You can, you can church it up however you want. That's called tanking. <laughs> right, <laughs> yeah. Um, what's interesting is like, I wonder how much, how much this season looks different if the G league is a more, you know, traditional league setting this season, the, the bubble, they send a bunch of guys down to the bubble that's over. Now they don't have a G league team. They can send them to across the street from the Chesapeake energy arena. So really they are at a place where if they want to get some real evaluation of these guys, they do have to play them in an NBA game. I also think, like you said, it is a convenient not excuse, but it's a convenient reasoning that they can lean on in terms of, you know, wanting to develop youth, which every, everybody in the Thunder organization is going to be behind that. Yeah, it, it's, it's really a win-win, right? You develop yeah. young guys while at the same time uh, you are effectively losing games and bettering your draft pick. It's, it's, I don't know, there's not a better term than win-win. That's what it is, right? Win-win, um, yep. Win, win, when you lose. <laughs> yes, losing is winning, right? Yeah. Um, the, the only other thing from this game that I wanted to, to bring up real quick, the Thunder really took it to the Knicks in the first quarter, and then after that, this game really flipped. Yep. And I, I don't know how you feel, Justin, but to me, that just screamed like the Knicks rolled into Oklahoma City, looked at who was playing and looked at who was not playing and said, yep. oh, shit, this is a cakewalk. We're we're just going to walk in and we're going to get an easy dub. But the Thunder are full of a bunch of guys who just want to work their asses off. Right, exactly. 1 p.m. game against the Thunder, no SGA. I think it it had all the recipes for a sluggish start for the Knicks, for sure. Yeah, 
And so the Knicks come out, they get smacked around and realize, oh, God, we're going to have to put in effort <laughs> if we want to get a win here. Yeah. And uh, and then after they my, my in my fantasy world, what happens is the Knicks were close at halftime. They went in the locker room and Tibbs yelled at him like Batman smoking two packs of camels a day uh, <laughs> and got into him. And they came out. They're going to play better on defense. You can't let Ty Jerome take you to the basket like that. That is the perfect Tibbs impression. Tibbs voice. I love it. I love it. So Yeah, you bring up no, a great I mean, point. OKC outscores the Knicks by nine in the first quarter. After that, the Knicks outscore the Thunder by 11, 10, and 10, respectively. Yep, exactly. You know, and so uh, I think a lot of people are like, oh, my God, this Thunder team could make the playoffs. Look how hard they play. They're even taking it to the Knicks. The Knicks walked in and thought it was going to be a cakewalk, right? It's like, right, right. You know, I, I, I can't think of a good analogy here, but it, it's they just walked in and they thought they were going to have an easy game, and then they realized they had to actually give effort to make something happen, right? Yep. And yep. it's like it's like a kid going into to an AP classroom, and like, oh, I'm going to kill this, and then the homework <laughs> overloads them, and he gets a few webs, so he has to kick it into, into full gear, right? Yeah, I like that very teacher analogy of you. Yeah, that's that. That's my go-to these days. So. I like it. I like it. All right, Justin. Enjoy the rest of the pod. Appreciate it, bud. See ya. Another question from the chat, Alex Joy. He asks about Coach Mark Dagnalt. What do we think his ceiling is? Is he a championship-level coach? He has come in and seemingly not missed a step. I think at this stage, he's impressed me more than Billy by this point when he started. So going back to our discussion on player talent, I think this fits the same bill. Dagnall is a he is a Oklahoma City Thunder system development guy. He's been being groomed for this job for like a decade, basically. He's been in he's been with the blue. He's been under Presty. He's been a part of the Thunder culture that we always talk about. He was the perfect guy for this stage of the Thunder. Developing guys, getting them to know what the right way to play is, building that culture, like we've talked about so much. That's exactly where Dagnault uh, is is at his best. And I think we're, we're seeing that with the Thunder. If you, Jacob just mentioned they're made up of a bunch of guys that want to work. They're going to take it to you. They're not going to slack off. They're not going to be an easy win. But I also think it is a bit of a, you know, developing young coaching talent as much as it's developing young playing talent as well. They don't could be a championship level coach. We just don't know that right now. I think he'll have the opportunity to grow with this team just as much as the players will. He'll be given opportunities to show what his skills are, what he's capable of, just like the players. And there may come a point where the Thunder roster has enough talent that they're, they could compete for a championship, but the the coaching is not getting it done. And at that point, I think it would make sense. Like, okay, you've done a great job building up these young guys, teaching them the right way to play. Now we're going to bring in somebody else who can go win that Larry OB. Uh, but we could also get to a point where we look at Dagnall and it's like, okay, like this thing's just clicking. We're a well-oiled machine. Let's not change anything. And they kind of ride with him, you know, similar to how they rode with Scott Brooks for quite a while. He was really a big part of that Thunder development the first go round. And he got to, you know, take him to the NBA finals. It could be a similar situation for Dagnall. Another comment from our boy Sam, who was up here earlier. One thing I wanted to mention, we would have at least five more losses if teams we hadn't played hadn't sat their stars. Uh, That is a great point. Every time it seems like the Thunder are playing one of the top teams in the NBA, you get that pregame injury report and somebody's sitting out like Luka. Uh, it, it, It just seems to be like, I don't know if other teams are 
overlooking the Thunder, but they're definitely using it as an opportunity in the season, which is kind of crunched to say, okay, let's go see what we can do without player X, player Y. Can we get a win against the Thunder without our top guys? I think the Thunder have shown that that's not always the case, whether it's the Mavericks, whether it's the Spurs. Teams are going to have to bring it against the Thunder because they're scrappy. They're not always going to be the most talented team. They're not going to win every game, but they're going to give you a fight. They're not going to be a game that you can just roll over. And I think as that continues, more NBA teams will recognize that. I also think as the season goes on and playoff standings start to get dicey, teams are going to want to look for wins wherever they can get them. And if that means playing full strength against the Thunder to make sure that you don't lose, then that's what's going to happen. Really great discussion. I appreciate all of you guys that have popped in and out, jumped on stage, asked questions in the chat. This has been super fun. Uh, We do a show like this after every single Thunder game. So be on the lookout for that. If you want to break down Thunder games, come join us. Download the Locker Room app. Jump in here with us. Uh, Super fun. We really enjoy the interaction. A super great way to to break break down these games with you. Uh, I think that's going to wrap it up for me. Like I said, the Thunder lose to the Knicks 119-97. We're going to be back again tomorrow. Uh, Because it's Sunday night, that is our weekly group podcast night. So we are not going to be on Locker Room, but we will be live streaming on Twitter, on Facebook, and on YouTube like normal. You can still jump in, interact with the chat. We'll answer your questions on the show. We'll break down the Memphis game as well as some bigger Thunder themes as a whole. And it'll be a lot of fun, so don't miss it. And if you don't already, subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. If you can't tune in live, we post all the audios as podcasts. Go subscribe. Uh, Drop a five-star review if you like what you hear. We greatly, greatly appreciate it. Once again, thank you guys so much. You guys are awesome. Until next time, Thunder Up. Sugar Ray Leonard, Roberto Duran. Marvelous Marvin Hagler and Thomas Hearns. Legends, whose four-way rivalry defined one of the greatest eras in boxing history. Relive their decade of dominance in a new Showtime sports documentary, The Kings, a four-part series now streaming on Showtime.